Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Fred Fuck from long distance somehow gets it to go. We can't believe it. The hat and the glasses come off. Fred Funk with the birdie at 16. All right, peoples, welcome to Terps on the T. Two Terps, two Maryland kids, the Hawk, Fred Funk, and Chick Hernandez. So Fred Funk from Tacoma Park, Maryland, and me. That's me, Chick. That's me, right? Yeah, me, Chick. I'm uh, from Silver <laughs> Spring, Maryland. Um, where did you hang out in Tacoma Park? By the way. I didn't. Uh, everybody said I was born. Okay. My family lived in Tacoma Park, and I was born at the uh, sanitarium side of the Washington Adventist Hospital. Um, so oh. that was Tacoma Park. Well, we moved to College Park when I was seven. Okay. So I want to say College Park more than Tacoma College Park. Park. I just okay. happened to be Tacoma Park. So I was in College Park Woods, and I grew up about a you know two hundred yards from the. Uh, 15th tee, the oh, old wow. 15th tee. I don't know which side they're playing at Maryland. I don't but, know either. They changed that, yeah, they those keep, nines so many different times. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it really has. But um, I started working there when I was 11 and started at Paint Branch, actually, age 10. And then oh, I my God. Started, started working at Maryland when I was 11 at range in the carts. So, so you were really, you were like already a golf nut at that point. You were, you just wanted it. Uh, I was just a kid that played, just getting into it, but um Ended up, you know, I had a paper out and working at the golf course and going to school, and that was kind of my whole life. So it was it was a great way to grow up. Well, paper route, man. That's that's an early morning. Yeah. Well, I had the evening star. Oh, you had the evening. Oh, see, except so you for were... the weekends. Yeah. And and then uh, that then they had the morning edition on Saturday and Sunday. And my route manager, when I was eighteen, I uh, had it that long uh, the paper route, and he said, "You want to do relief driving, which is drive the weekend." So I dropped the papers off for six years, five wow. years anyway, to the uh, kids in the morning. So I went to work at one in the morning and I got the papers dropped at six in the morning. And then in the warm weather, I drive over to Maryland and mow the greens. And at, at the age of 18, 18 through college. So you're yeah. dropping papers off at one o'clock in the morning. So you weren't exactly going to sleep before then at 18, you're already in college and doing things. Yeah, but I, there was always one night I would go to sleep at dinner, and the other night I'd go out if I oh, had a date or, or something to do. So yeah, it was a uh, it paid. I was making I was making about eight thousand dollars a year back then in the seventies. That was a lot of money. That's a lot of money, absolutely. Yeah, and it paid for my golf, and my parents didn't really have to support my golf at that point, so it was good. You take your date to Lido's all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> well, usually it was to go. It was. <laughs> the to-go boxes. <laughs> we lived on Lido's at Maryland. When yeah. that's that's all we did. We we lived on Lido's at the range. We that was our dinner almost every night. Really, Lido's see, pizza. Yeah, see people, and I know that it's been written about before, but I mean, Lido's was the place to go if you wanted to catch uh, a big name. You know, Lefty would take his team and his coaches there after games or special occasions. Uh, Morgan Wooten from DeMatha would be there and they yep. always bring in these, you know, NBA stars would come. You'd walk in and go, wait, isn't that? And you're like, holy crap. That was a pretty cool place. And the square pizza, of course, was, 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 well, I thought favorite. it was the best crust there ever was. It had that pastry crust and nobody's ever did better than the original Lito's the original. pizza from the original Lito's restaurant. It was right. the best. Yeah, original is the key word here because there have yeah. been some uh, some attempts. and Well, they just, franchised out. I yeah, think they yeah. had the satellites, and that didn't work. It's never, I think it, never, it never works. 
I think it's the oven. You think it's the, the oven? I think it's the oven. You can okay. get all the same ingredients. So you get a really hot oven or whatever it takes to make a great pizza. And, and it has all the flavors in it and everything. It's cool. My brother-in-law, uh, Frank, has to have Lido's when he comes in from Arizona. So his one of his two sisters will provide that. Or I'll go get it so that the pie is waiting when he arrives. Um, and he's coming in, I think, this month. So it has to happen again. But even he knows there's a difference from the original to what we have. Yeah, here but now. it's still good. It's hard to, it's hard to beat it. Still yeah, good. I don't, so are you a, so uh, when you do pizza now, I mean, are you a you, you triangle guy or a square guy? Do you like look at the triangle? I'm just go, a eh. thin crust guy. You're just a thin crust guy. Thin okay. crust and, and cook it. Burn it. So uh, the Hawk, Fred Funk, is in Georgia right now. By the way, one of six Funks in the PGA Tour Media Guide. He's only related to one other one, I believe. That would be your son, Taylor. Um, oh, yeah. wow. I didn't yeah, know there's, that. Wow. There's a Carl. There's a Robert. There's a bunch of them in there. Yeah, I met um, Robert. He thought we were related at the Colorado. We yeah, he, he was thinking. I said, nah, I don't think so. And Carl <laughs> never met. He's a California boy. I think Robert is, too. He's a California guy. Yeah. And uh, so great guy. You know, most funks are pretty cool. Yes, mo most are. Most. Well, you can't. Yeah, you can't have fun without funk. You know, you can't spell funk that is, without fun. That's wow. that's how it goes. Can't how spell funk without fun. Say, how many times did you did you use that on a date? I never did. I didn't come up with it till like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you listen to the Terps on the tee. You just finished the Regents Tradition, first major yeah. of the year for PGA Tour champions. A T forty eight for Fred Funk. Um, when you look back, and I don't know if you do or not, when you look back at the week. What did you think? Oh, it's frustrating. I'm turning every round into, uh, you know, my, I'm just not consistent like I used to be. So my 60s, my good rounds are turning into 71 and twos uh, where I should shoot 67 or eight. And then mm -hmm. the rounds where I need to save it and you used, used to be able to save it around par or one or under or two. Um, I turned into 75 and sixes. I took a, uh, uh, I got on a dose pack last week because of my back and mm -hmm. my shoulder has been bothering me for some reason. My neck, not my shoulder. Really? And you like, um, like Rory. Rory had a neck. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to probably talk about that. I looked yep. that up too, but, uh, <laughs> I ended up, I ended up getting on a dose pack. And then one day the guy says, well, for your back, uh, cause I was having a terrible time and, uh, take 800 milligram ibuprofen with Pepsi. I went, all right, any side effects? They said, no, no, you'd be good. Okay. I took it an hour and a half on the range. I was on a range and, and I was hurting pretty bad. And then the, and I just started co completely shaking my whole oh. body. I actually whiffed my drive on one and where I should have had a wedge in, I had a seven iron, knocked it to a foot. Okay. And, I didn't know what I could make the putt. Really? I almost missed it from a foot. So for six holes, I drank five bottles of 16 ounces of water in four holes trying to flush this. Wow. And, and I went birdie, buggy, 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 buggy. I just, I couldn't do anything. And then it finally got out of my system, but I did my damage and, uh, and that screwed that round up. And then I played really good on Sunday. I was two under at the turn winds blowing 20, 25 miles an hour. I played really solid and three over on the other side and just three really bad second shots that, um, you know, cost me bogeys. One of them in the water, I got up and down. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was just, it's it just frustrating. Like the game is, and you know, speaking of which, when you're, um, I, I was looking up the LPGA and mm -hmm. I can't pronounce her name. Araya. Yeah. Actually, Araya, thank you. Yeah. Well, she was number one player on the LPGA and in the world in 2017 and said last year she was ready to quit ready to quit yeah ready to quit 
And then she came back and you know, everything reset and she's back and she ends up winning and, and talked about how much it meant to her. And then the same thing parallels with Rory and how much it meant to him to win again. And, you know, it's been a couple of years and, mm-hmm. you know, here's this great player. He has all these attributes and doing Absolutely. unbelievably well. And then he goes into a little winning slump and, and, uh, and a game slump. He just wasn't playing well, whether it was his putter or his driver. But we can talk about Roy a little bit more, but it's, yeah. it's just such a fickle game. And then we got Alex Cheka, who I'm really a good friend with and really proud of that guy. He has a, such an interesting story where he escaped with his dad at nine years old from uh, um, communist Czechoslovakia. Mm-hmm. They literally did the trains, planes, and automobiles, according to the story, that they got on everything, swam across a river, boat, train, trucks, just to get out, started their new life here. So then he's approaching 50 years old. In the last couple of years, he's lost status. So he's been trying to chase whatever opportunities he he can get on the Corn Ferry, and he played the Outlaw Tour, I think. The Outlaw Tour, yeah. And he's just going everywhere to find a game and keep his game honed. And then he four-spotted the first week and finished, I think, top 10. And then he four-spotted again, finished the second. Then he got in this week for uh, Jay Haas, and he wins. And a playoff with Stricker. And it was fantastic story. Great guy. Talking about perseverance. Uh, it's, it's such a strange game because it, could, it can just bring you totally down. It can lift you right back up. Um, it, it's just the ebb and flow of life. If anything ever parallels life, which I've said a lot, is the game of golf. Yeah, it just it just goes up and down so much, but it's really a neat story with the all three of them. They they just did a great job, and then the uh, the Walker Cup was uh, exciting too. So unbelievable, by the way. Yeah, everybody's worried yeah. about the pandemic, and no, oh, how about some bad seafood or whatever the heck that they got? Both teams absolutely yeah. vomiting. <laughs> you know, uh, Stefacci had to go to the hospital get an IV. I mean, it was amazing. And then what was really cool was those guys who are the alternates step in and get the job done. So if you're an alternate, you're thinking, I'm, I'm probably not going to play. Right. And, you know, first night is like, oh, by the way, you're in and, yeah. and, and then produced. And those are memories that will last a lifetime because you've, you've seen pictures of prior Walker Cup teams and just the, the talent that comes out of those to yeah. become PGA pros. It's phenomenal. I played with Stafacci last year in Orlando with my really? son. They had that three-day uh, mini tour event and I ended up playing. I missed the two-day cut. Uh, we got to play with Stafacci. What a great kid. That yeah. guy was phenomenal. Just a really good, solid guy. Good game. Not an overwhelmingly impressive game. It's just mm-hmm. a good game. Right. And, uh, you know, he didn't have massive power, but you know, all these kids hit it. Even the guys that don't have massive power, they have a lot of length. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. That's the thing is they're gro- still growing into their body. Um, so Alex Checo wins in his third PJ Tour champion start. He wins his traditions uh, with that playoff uh Birdie over Steve Stricker. Um, I, you say about how frustrating. And look, you you also have to admit that you haven't played a whole lot here uh, in recently, just because of what you've been going through with your body. So you, you got to yeah. give yourself a little bit of a break here. But this game is, it's not like football. Um, baseball, maybe in that you know you go on these slumps. Football, uh, there's no slumps in football. Uh, you're not, you know, quarterback's not. It's not. That's not going, you know, for any extended period of time. But the golf is such a weird. I shot the round of my life a two under seventy, with six weeks off. The birth of my first child. Didn't play golf for six weeks. I get a phone call 
um, Tony Kornheiser, and Michael Wilbon, uh, who folks know from Pardon the Interruption. Can you play golf? And I look at my wife and go, can I go out and play golf? Because I'm sitting here on paternity leave. And I'm like, she's like, please get out of the house. Just get out. <laughs> I, had, I had bothered her enough. And so I went to the range the day before to find a swing because you don't, you don't want to embarrass yourself. And I find this, I'm, I'm spraying it left and right. And I take a half step closer and I hit this bullet. And for half an hour, I'm like, I am on it. And I'm like, great. I got a swing. I go, I'm going to get there early because you want to warm up. Well, with a, with a six week old kid, you get nowhere early. And <laughs> literally they're on the first tee. I show up and there's three balls on the range. This is at Lansdowne uh, in Virginia. And mm -hmm. I see three balls, literally three balls. First one, I absolutely duck hook, right? I'm a lefty. The next one, I shank left and my brain goes, what were you doing yesterday? Oh yeah, half step closer. And I hit one straight. Well, after nine holes, I am two under. I call wow. work. I'm working at Fox five at that point. And I call my, my, my producers there and I go, Hey guys, listen, I'm a mental midget. I'm going to go in the tank here, but I'm two under through nine holes. I just want you to know I was two under through nine holes. Okay, great. And I get to 17. I'm three under and Kornheiser says out loud. What is he right now? He's got to be three, four under. And I'm like, <laughs> and I literally, I literally hit a three iron two forty straight down the middle. Boom. And I get my wedge out and I don't even get in the cart. I don't want to hear any conversation. I walk down to my ball and here comes Kornheiser's cart right through the fairway. And he just rides up and goes, Chick, what are you right now? And I just looked at him like, are you, are you shitting me? Are you really? <laughs> and I skull it over the green. I skull it back. Tremendous bogey. But I shoot, end up, you know, I bogey the hole and I par 18 with a ridiculous 25 foot curling putt. Boom, goes in. That's six weeks of no golf. Two under 70. I go out the next day on purpose because I know I'm going to chase that score. And I go to a local course and I'm nine over after nine holes. And I go, <laughs> there's that guy. And then I shoot even on the back and I go, I have no idea what's going on. So the game, even for us amateurs, is absolutely uh, frustrating, fickle. I'm going through it right now, getting ready for the tournament season you know, on the local level. And I'm like, you know, I just went out yesterday by myself and played uh, solo at, at Hampshire Greens here in yeah. silver spring and it was awesome i was by myself i worked on stuff and it proved to me how much mentally the game is uh physically oh, yeah. i know that i can hit i can hit every shot and uh, i know that i can do that but in competition and when i'm playing with uh, my buddies at buddies at my club at manor something switches where i start worrying about other things and sure. i was by yeah. myself and I'm like, I'm hitting this shot right here, right now. Boom. And I hit it. And I'm like, all right. And I, it's like, well, that was interesting. And all of a sudden, I got literally got 10, 12 yards longer off the tee with a little tweak of my swing. I'm like, huh. So the interesting part will be when I go out, I'm playing tomorrow. I'll go out tomorrow. And I will have written down my notes in my phone. I'm going to go back out. And I'm going to see if I can do that. Knowing that I probably won't. I've already talked myself yep. into I'll go back into that other phase, which, you know, is, is deadly. It's a, it's a freaking frustrating game. Um, well, we're still trying to figure it out ourselves. We're That's all we got to do is try to work on our games. And we're 50 years I've been playing golf, still trying to figure it out. And everybody <laughs> on the range is still trying to figure it out. But I got a story where I'm staying with a family here at Sugarloaf. And they're really good friends with Stuart Sink, who lives here. And they okay. play golf a lot together. And this guy's a. I'm saying with is a plus two or three. He's a really good player. Played for Indiana back in college. And, and um, he said he's playing with Stewart last year in the spring. 
And they get on 13, which is an uphill drivable par four for if you're long enough. And it has a crazy green that slopes away from me. And it's pretty severe uphill. And he gets up on a Saturday morning. And Stuart's been driving the ball really good. But he flew it to the middle of the green. And Bob, who I'm saying with, says, hmm. He just kind of like, that was different. And then uh, the next day, he flew it on the middle of the green again. He goes, all right, so what's the deal? He goes, what do you mean? He says, you've never flown it to the middle. You usually one hop it on the green. So you're picked up 20 yards somewhere. And right. I've been noticing for two days. So where'd you get this? And he goes, he was working with uh, Tom Seekman's brother, James, who's usually a short game. He is a short game guru. Mm -hmm. And he says, can I tell you something in your long game? And he said he changed the position of something and immediately went from 172 to 179 ball speed in five minutes. Wow. And he held it and he still has it. And he, right. that 20 yards has transformed his whole mentality of hitting the ball that solid and hitting the ball that much further. Mm -hmm. And the rest is history. He's won yeah. two events. He's, he's playing great at 47 years old. He's longer than he's ever been ever in his career by finding this little thing, which little thing you find something like that. You're so scared. You're going to lose it. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, you're all you're thinking about, ah, don't lose it. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. Yeah. But, uh, and I had another situation on the mental aspect of it. I was playing the time I played with Nicholas in the third round at Baltus for all the year. Jansen won. I always got to go by who won. Cause I can't remember the years, <laughs> but, I, but I ended up playing really, really good. I'm on 18. I got a six footer to shoot whatever I was going to shoot, but I was in contention. And uh, Jack walks by and he puts his hand on my shoulder or taps me on the shoulder. So knock it in, Fred. You got a chance to win this thing. And I go, oh, and I missed it. Thanks. Jack. So I go into the I go into the score saying, Jack, tell me that afterwards. Well, Jesus, I was nervous. Right? He just started laughing. He said, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. And there's another situation. I'm, I'm playing um, the senior tradition, which we just had last week. But mm -hmm. it used to be out at Sun River in Bend, Oregon. Beautiful right. place. Absolutely. And I'm playing with Tim Simpson, and I'm on the final round. I got a seven-shot lead with three to go. And Tim goes, great playing, congratulations. And I'm like, uh, what? what? He says, congrats. I go, oh, man. I said, you know, thanks. I'm just thinking, why did he say that? Yeah. And sure enough, it's so this weird par five, and I make seven. Make double right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. And now it's a rain delay. We get this lightning. And not one rain, it was lightning. So we all had to go in. I'm sitting on this double for an hour. And I got a really hard part three that's 220 yards with marsh everywhere. And 18 is a really hard part four. And I'm thinking, how am I going to lose this thing? I just made double. I still got five <laughs> shots. And how am I going to lose this thing? And, and I got it to the house. I think I won by five. And, and, uh, but your mind is just freaking. I always said, if you could take your mind as a golfer, if you've gotten to a certain level and just put your mind in the locker. Yes. And go, go play on instinct. Don't let, bad thoughts come in mm -hmm. and, and your mind just, it, golly, it just to have that power that tiger had and that Nicholas had, that was the separator of yeah. them from everybody else that yeah. now Jack had the ridiculous power over everybody else. So he could hit the ball super high, mm -hmm. but his mental was so strong and I'm sure things still creep creeps and you can't help it, but they had a way to control it and everybody's choking. To a level it's just a level of how you handle the choking everybody's nervous mm -hmm. you're usually nervous on one when it starts and if you're in contention or you're on the cut line on mm -hmm. friday you're you're trying to get it in and and you're a nervous wreck and you, you, unless you just happen to be in so mental mentally strong because you're so confident in what you're doing 
then that's the zone. Right. Because, because you did what you did like that three or two underground is, right. is that you were just hitting the ball really good and you just can let it go. Yeah. And, and that's, that's great. And I think when Patrick Harrington, I don't know what you talked about just before, but when he had that run and he won the, the British and whatever else, the PGA and, sure. and, and uh, was just on a roll for about three years, he was in total acceptance of his game. So when he hit a bad shot, it was like, okay, you know, yeah. I hit a bad shot, but now it's the next shot. It's like mm -hmm. what we talked about when we were talking with Mark, if you can play and think like a caddy does, right. All you're worried about is not what you did. You're worried about the next shot. Next shot. Yeah. And you really yeah. don't forecast ahead of like, okay, I'm worried about two holes down the road. Right. It's like TPC. If you're thinking of 17th hole on the fourth tee, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, Big trouble. that's not yeah. a good, it's not a good thought. Not a good thought. Uh, Roy McElroy, you mentioned him. He wins for the first time in 553 days. Uh, he wins at Quail Hollow, by the way, the third time he's won there. Uh, so he obviously feels good about uh, the Wells Fargo, which, by the way, Wells Fargo coming to TPC at Evanol Farms in 2022. Uh, that'll be very wow. interesting. Yeah. That's, wow. The that's redo really that they big. did, the redo they had, and they, they played Tigers tournament there one year. The pros came away thinking, holy crap, this place looks uh, and plays a lot more uh, uh for a pro, not you know, there's some holes there that are just you gotta you gotta watch your piece. You gotta suck it up and hit it. It's you gotta really, suck it up and hit exactly right. I for us amateurs, I, it I, feels like it's a mile. I thought it was well, Norman blasted it when it first opened. I yes, always thought did. it was better than it, better than people gave it credit for. But mm -hmm. the redo was really good. Really, I good. think so. I think the only thing they messed up that I would change was that green on sixteen. I think it was the left pin. It's just a really brutal pin over there. Yes. It was somewhere on that green. I remember it was really out of whack. It goes, um, yeah, and it goes away from you. Can't, you can't hit it. Yeah. A, yeah. But aesthetically, the golf course is gorgeous and they did a great job. I love number nine. Yeah. I always thought it was too far down the hill. The ball was in the air for so Forever. long and it just Forever. drove people, <laughs> drove yeah. people nuts. You just had no idea where it was coming down. And, and it's it was, a reachable and, and 10 is a reachable par five. The reason I know that now is because a couple of years ago, um, I'll tell this story. Um, it's Tigers tournament. Ricky Fowler's in it. I've gotten to know Ricky. Um, he's helped me out with my charity. And so I'm going to pick him up on 10 T box uh, to follow. It's the final day. And he's kind of on a run. So I'm going to go follow Ricky. So Ricky tees off. I'm sitting there on the tee box and I start to walk and I hear this voice go, Hey chick. And I turn around and it's Jason Gore who <laughs> had, who Great missed guy. a cut previous year and ended up playing at manor at my club uh, on a Saturday and shot like 63 ridiculous. Right. You know, the mutual friend of ours, John only. So I hear this, Hey chick. And I turn around and there's Jason. So I'm like, what's up, man? He goes, where are you going? I said, I'm going to go follow Ricky Fowler. And he's like, but what about me? <laughs> said, what? But I said, but it's, but it's Ricky. He goes, but what about me? I'm like, uh, uh, all right, dude. Okay. Uh, so I stand in the tee box, it's a par five tenth. He tees off and we start walking. And then he says, Hey, I heard you won this big tournament at manners, the toughy two man. And I'm like, wait a minute. What are we talking about here? You're in a tournament here. And he was actually, you know, in contention. I'm like, so we're walking down the middle of fairway, which media should not be in the middle of fairway, but He's like, don't worry about it. I got you. So, okay. So we're walking down the middle of the fairway and 
We're talking about my game, which made no sense. And then as he approaches the ball, I step off to the side near the ropes. And then I kind of look to his cat. I go, what's he got? And Jason's standing over the ball, but not ready to hit a ball. He just turns up and goes, well, he's got 252. And I'm like, I didn't realize he heard me. So he looked at me and goes, well, he's got 252. <laughs> then he hits this iron. And it's 252, Fred. It is a slight right to left shot. He hits it on the button. And it hits the front of the green, and we see it lip out ah, for, for now. Wow. Lip out, comes in, taps in for birdie. He looks at me on the green and says, You're not leaving. And I'm <laughs> like, But I got it. He goes, No, you're not leaving. So he, so he, the Eagles 10, he comes back, and 11 is really tough. That was probably That's the old playing. 12th hole. The old 12th hole. Yes, the old 12th hole. Yep. That's a tough yep. driving hole, and it's a yep. tough approach shot especially with the back right pin. We're really getting the deep in the golf. Now he hits a ball to 12 feet, just off the, uh, off the green rolls in the birdie, put. I'm standing on the hill of 13 T. He looks up at me and goes and wags his finger. We're like, you're still not leaving. And he just goes Eagle birdie birdie. And he's in contention until he hits uh 16, that tough hole, that tough green yeah. in which he ends up missing. Uh, I think he bogeyed the hole. And as he's walking by me to the 17 T box, I say, you bogeyed. You're not worth watching. And I walked off and he started laughing. Uh, it was very funny. Um, but I bring up Rory, who hasn't won, like I said, in over 500 days. The guy on Wednesday is on the range and his neck, the left side of his neck locks up and he's considering yeah. withdrawing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know how you get through that, but that was one of those things. That is one of those things where all of a sudden your expectations aren't so much on. I've got to, I'm going to try to win this tournament. It's how can I play? And right. your, your focus kind of changes. And then when you wake up on Thursday, you go, you know what? I, I'm okay. He's, he's wearing a patch on his neck. I can play. And he starts to plot along and lo and behold, uh, he wins the thing. What I want to ask you is, and I know you were busy on Sunday. So on 18, he's got a two shot lead. 18 at Quail hollow. Yeah. You know, that shot, that is a difficult driving it's, hole. It's water. one of the hardest in the game. It's right? ridiculous. Yeah. Week is left. And then Hill is left. You can't go left. You have a two-shot lead. You cannot go left. He's got three wood. He's been hitting that thing down the pipe all day long, and he freaking pulls it. Fortunately, he doesn't land in the water, almost goes in, but he's got a horrible lie, and he's looking at it and thinking, I can go straight out to the fairway, but I might. we're not sure if he can get it out of the lie to the fairway, or he can hit a rocket through the fairway. They actually thought about going left back up the hill, but then what kind of stance do you have? And then his caddy, Harry Diamond, says, what about a drop? Let's take a drop, you know, and then you got, at least you got a shot, you get on yep. the green two putt and you win by one. And that's when Roy steps back and goes, Oh, that's an option. And they decide to go that route. And he hits a tremendous seven iron to the green 35 footer two putt wins the thing. Um, so the question to you is, you know, uh, you have to have a whole lot of trust in your caddy to, to bring you out of, one thought process because you're really focused here. I mean, you're talk about being tunnel focused at this point. You're on 18 and you're trying to win a tournament and your caddy says this option, which I'm sure I don't think Rory was thinking about initially. So you have to have a whole lot of trust in your caddy uh, to, to, to pull that off. Well, I've always wanted my caddy to tell me all my options. If he thinks of something where I'm so focused, Mm -hmm. even simple little chips around the green where you decide, well, 
you take the chance of flying it up on the green versus bumping it into the hill, you know, all these different options. You say, well, shit, I, you know, I should have, why didn't I do that? Didn't even think about it. Right. So I want my, I want my caddy to, to give me all the options. There was another twist in that was that, you know, the old rule in the lateral has, you could drop on either side. Right. So they had to ask whether they could go to the other side. They actually made a, a local rule that week that you couldn't. Right. So he had to stay on the left side, which gave him the option of thinking of or not taking that option and going up the left side. That that could have been disaster because disaster. he could have a lot of things could have happened. But even if he's up there where that pin was, it would have been very difficult to flip it over the creek. Right. And stop it where he stopped that seven iron. And um, so, yeah, it was great. I mean, it, it just again, it just shows how hard even for truly one of the best players in the game to finish off a tournament. It's, it's hard to do it. And do you scoreboard watch? I mean, yeah, are I you do. fully I aware usually, of where you are coming down the stretch? Usually, unless I consciously don't want to see a board and I yeah. just want to stay focused, but normally I'm watching the scoreboard, even if I'm, especially if I'm not in contention, I want to know what everybody's doing <laughs> and, and then get all, all man. I remember we're playing Milwaukee one year and, um, I'm standing on the 16th green and I'm, I'm like, uh, I think I was five under and the cut was going to be three or four. It was going to be a low cut. Okay. And, and the leading score was seven. It was that bunched up. Wow. And I'm just going, well, shoot, I don't, I don't know whether to go for the lead or make sure I'm here on the weekend. <laughs> and, and I said, this, that was the strangest deal. Cause I was two shots from maybe eight under was, I think I was, I really think it was seven. I was two shots from time for the lead and I was two shots from the cut line and it could have moved to one shot to the cut line. And I had this really weird putt and I got away with the two putt there and I got in to make the cut. I think I just parred in, mm -hmm. but that's weird. I mean, you're looking at a board and I, you know, maybe at that time, whether it hurts you or helps you, you don't know. Um, I went into defense mode on that one. Right. Instead of, instead of uh, offense. And uh, I, I, I'm usually better when I'm, not thinking I'm just going, I was, I, I played stupid a lot. I mean, I played where I, I didn't have the game to take on every pin mm -hmm. and I took on every pin. I mean, <laughs> it, it, I just could not aim away from the pin and it's, right. it's not percentage golf. It's right. Uh, I short sided myself a lot, but it worked out. I mean, when I was on my game, it worked out. I gave, I, I usually would have a good enough short game to help me a little bit. Uh, right. But yeah, it, now they have all the stats and things of where, like when we were talking to Stewie. Yeah, with the, the, with the system. You the were system. using the system. Yeah, there wasn't a system back then. It was like, right. yeah, good luck. Go play whatever works for you will work. But what what does it, because I'll, you know, us amateurs will never know. So the feeling of walking, I don't know, on 16, 17, 18, and seeing your name for the first time atop the leaderboard. Do you remember that moment when you went, holy crap, there's funk on top? I was playing. My dad was caddying for me. It was the PGA when I was still coaching at Maryland at uh, PGA National, and I was tied for the lead with Ray Floyd in the on about uh, it was the second round, probably about four or five holes into it. So about the twenty second or third hole of the tournament, I'm tied for the lead, and I go to Dad. And I go, hey, look at that. And he says. Yeah, keep playing good, pal. Come on, son. You can do it. And then they had that Bermuda rough that was narrow fairways, Bermuda rough. And I started missing fairways by about a foot into that oh. and just chipping out. Yeah. I made the cut, finished like 45th or so. But, but yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, that was the first time I got a lead on a – and a major, much less. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was a big uh, deal. The other thing at Quell Hollow, one of the great stories is Bryson De DeChambeau, who thinks he's missed the cut on Friday night. So he's like, screw it. I'm in my plane. I'm going back home to Dallas. I'm good to go. And when he lands, he sees the text. Dude, you might still be making this cut. He's like, there's no way because the wind is up. These guys are starting to vomit on themselves. And lo and behold, he makes the cut. And now he's got a decision to make. Actually, the decision was easy because they couldn't get the, the flight crew to turn around. The beauty of being a major star is that you can have your private charter, but they can't even get those that crew to turn around. It's illegal. So he's going to wake up at 2.45, get on a flight, you know, sleep at home for a few hours, and get on a flight and get back in time to warm up and tee off. And then he goes 68-68, finishes tied for ninth, by the way. Um, have you ever come close to something like that where you, you thought, eh, I got no, shot. I did the same thing. I had to get on an airline to get back. I left and, and came back, but I didn't end up finishing ninth. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a big difference. Yeah. I've done that, uh, once, uh, but usually you wait and sometimes you're surprised that, uh, the cut moves enough that, that you uh, end up making it and you just go, wow, I did, yeah. didn't see that coming, but it is usually a situation where the wind comes up. There's a weather change and, Oh, the guys were struggling in the afternoon when the stroke average is two or three shots higher in the afternoon than the morning. Mm -hmm. And that changes the whole dynamics of the cut line. Um, this week on the PGA Tour, AT&T, Byron Nelson. Uh, Will Zalatoris, uh, who finished uh, runner-up in the Masters, is now playing at home uh, on a home course. And I bring that up because you have done that yourself uh, at TPC uh, Avenel. And so the pressure is what? What is that experience like playing in front of folks, you know, because now they get a chance. Not a whole lot of people are traveling to see you, but, oh, my gosh, here we go. Fred's playing at home. Let's go. Yeah, it, it, there's more self-inflicted wounds that you put on yourself. Uh, the one year uh, I blew a lead. I had the tournament by the nuts. And uh, I didn't play well on Sunday, especially coming down. To, well, I don't remember exactly. I actually got off to a bad start. Right. And I think, uh, did Scott Hoke win that one? Was Scott Hoke or or Grant Waite? Uh, Grant uh, Waite, probably. Grant Waite won, and yeah. then Scott. And, and I ended up third, I think, or something like that. But yeah, that one hurt because I really wanted that one for uh, – that was the year I had my eyes LASIK yes. with Dr. Witten. Correct. Yes. And, and I didn't know, I said, I went in to just see if I get done. And he said, yeah, we can do it today. I said, well, what's the odds of me playing this week? He says, oh, you'll be able to play. So <laughs> I get it done on Monday. I don't go Tuesday. It's bright sunshine. My eyes are just like so sensitive to the sun. And right. I'm on the range and I'm laying the sod over. I'm, <laughs> I cannot find the bottom <laughs> and I'm, I'm hitting the ball. I'm not hitting the ball. I'm hitting the ground about eight inches behind it. And I go, geez, this is not good. And it got better as the day went. I go the next day and I just, I played lights out for three rounds and put, put Dr. Winton on the, on the map. Yes, you did. It was, it was a uh, headlines guy, in the post with laser guy, eye. Yes. Yeah. Some guy <laughs> followed you to get that eye surgery. Some guy named yeah. Woods. Yeah, it sure did. And, uh, and David Duvall and uh, numerous mm -hmm. other guys. He did a lot of guys. I only but, did uh, one eye. I did one eye. So I'm not that smart. Yeah. Well, it, it's okay. It's working out. Yeah. It's <laughs> You're all right. Yeah, I'm doing podcasts, not playing golf. Damn it. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, so that's it's you know, so you're it, it's a it's a 
it's you want to do well for all the fans that are coming out there and you know and you're gonna and you're hearing it i'm sure zalatoris yeah. will hear it you know from the crowd because there's a crowd now that was also a change at quill hollow uh you know they had you know thirty thousand, but it sounded like 100 uh, according to yeah. rory rory said I, I i missed them so much that i need that um yeah which is interesting you've played you know, you played in utter silence and you played with crowds um the difference is what do you think well, the crowds you can get amped up with. Uh, the crowds can bring – I love playing in front of uh, big crowds. I love playing with Tiger and Phil when that came. But talking about Zella Taurus, you had a young kid that's in true contention the entire weekend and definitely Sunday at the Masters, and he handled that like gold. He just yeah. loved that. He loved that atmosphere. So he's going to relish that at the Byron Nelson. He's, he's the kind of guy that's like, I'm going to go show off because I'm really good. Right. And and do that and show what he's got. And and I think it, that'll be fun to watch. He gets in contention. There'll be more nerves. But he's the kind of guy I think he has a personality that uh, it, it gets him going. And and he just plays to a higher level. And he definitely did it uh, at, at the Masters. That was fun to watch. Uh, the pressure, though, is totally amped up in team events. And just like even if you're a club pro, or the club pro you're an amateur playing in your club match yes, play with absolutely. a team match play or whatever. Yeah. You don't want to let that other guy down. You're kind of used to letting yourself down. <laughs> it's it, yeah. well, we are. I mean, we yeah. are. We, he's like, yeah, I'm, I, every week I'm slamming the trunk every now and then. And you right. just, okay, I I'm, don't like it, but it is what it is. Right. But you go to a Ryder cup, president's cup, the guy's playing for the NCAA. When my son was in a playoff to win the national championship with one other guy, Mm -hmm. Those two guys had the most pressure probably any person would ever feel playing for coach, team, school, uh, history, you name it. Yeah. I mean, they had everything on their shoulders. They're just not playing golf. They're out there. Everything was on the line. That, that sure. was just – and watching it, what made it so good, you knew that these kids were feeling it, and it just was such great TV. And I think that that NCAA – put the match play into a different level mm -hmm. of people watching. Not because my son was in it. It was just the drama that sure. went on of watching that. Because I'm not a fan of the match play to determine the NCAA. I think the best team is usually the stroke play team, but match right. play, anything can happen. Mm -hmm. But it's worked. It's, uh, it, it's really worked for the uh, excitement level. And you can actually have one of those four teams come out of nowhere and win and not be the best team in the country. So – whether you like that or not, that's what happens in match play. I think I was texting you during that time because everybody was watching, and you were like, "My nails are down to the freaking nub now. I can't like this is oh, tough it to was watch. unbelievable. It it was <laughs> went three holes. He had a chance to win it on the second playoff hole, and he said he hit a perfect putt. It didn't break, and uh, and then he lost on the third hole. Uh, you know, he doesn't say it. it has a I don't know. I mean, he gave an unbelievable interview afterwards. Mm -hmm. That was incredible. Um, because he said how he regretted the part three, 16 when he missed the green. The other guy missed the green, but they both tied with a bogey. And he got up and down from the drop area. But then he just went into this, I can't wait to get in that moment again speech. Right. And I went, Wow, right. that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> off off the course, uh, we didn't talk about it last week because we had uh Mark Long on when we were discussing many different things, but uh I just want to get your thoughts on um the premier, the supposed premier league uh, that was, uh, you know, 
talking what 30 mil um on uh, up on up yeah. <laughs> yeah uh and it's i i uh quickly roy mcelroy said yeah no um i'm i'm in this to secure my legacy which was a great uh perspective he's like i'm playing to win and i'm playing to secure my legacy in this game i'm not in it for the money grab he called it a money grab i found it strange that one left-handed golfer named phil mickelson said it was intriguing um so uh i don't think this thing has legs but everybody's got a number at some point uh, i think so what are your thoughts on this and do you think we're done with it or do you think this is still because we're talking some heavy hitters want to get this thing done yeah roy said he heard about it the first time in 2014 so this has still been going on Mm -hmm. it's going to take players like the Rory's and the Justin's and the Dustin's and John Rahm's and DeChambeau and those guys, that's the guys they want. Right. And they're, and they're, the format is a team event. I think they pick teams. So it'd be like, uh, however many four, four man teams and they go travel around and play for big money or that's almost like guaranteed money. And, but yeah. it's more of it. It's more of an exhibition tour than it is a competitive tour. And Who that's the way I've been. Right. That's not going to, I don't, and I totally agree with Rory. He said all the right things, the legacy, the history of golf, Mm -hmm. the money is coming with the golf, but he's, he's playing for the history books. He's playing to see number one. How long can he be number one? How many majors can he win? How many tournaments can he win? You don't get that in a team format and with a bunch of Saudis giving you a bunch, bunch of money. Now, if you're Phil and you where he is in his, career and Henrik right. Stenson especially oh. Henrik Stenson where he is in his career they mentioned his name if I was him I'd say come on guys let's go man I want 30 million yeah that's that's I'm done yeah. <laughs> so let's go have fun and so that where you, it, but it won't fly without the studs and then Monaghan came out and says you go you're just you're you're, you're out. not playing yeah you're out. very strong from the commissioner you go play there you are not playing here the thing is, I don't know if he has legal grounds to do that. And right. I'm not a lawyer by any means. Right. I've just heard, I was talking to BJ about it on a range last week. And he says, he believes that that could be challenging court easily, that they could still play. They couldn't right. keep them out of a tour event just because they went and played this other place. Right. But who knows? There's probably something in our rules and bylaws that say that covers that little aspect. Or if not, they snuck it in since then. (laughs) 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 They're going to try to keep these guys home. And that's where that incentive, that 40 million came from, was to incentivize these guys to make a little more money and just say, hey, you know, we're trying to help you out here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even though they don't need to help. They've already made it. Uh, It's overkill. But money-wise, it's overkill. You mentioned uh, VJ. He might be, if he's willing be a great guest and here's why we all know his work ethic right yeah he's, he's is he still doing that oh yeah the, he's still like one of the last guys on i mean he's all the time all the time i don't know how he does it and it's and it's you know he's still got that long language swing which is it's just amazing but he works at it constantly so you know he's he jumped into the social media thing the instagram and and posting his workouts so i i messaged him out of the clear blue sky last year i said look i'm a i'm, I'm a 50 something and i'm looking for flexibility but uh expecting nothing back and i got this note 
that said, basically it was, I could hear him say it. Oh, brother, you got to do this and you got to do three sets of this and this and this, and basically set me a workout plan. And I'm just like flabbergasted going, holy crap. And I know yeah. it's him, not somebody running this thing. I'm like, this is, he was, you know, he, he was, I gave him a heartfelt note and he gave me one back. And I thought that was really cool. Um, and he's one of those misunderstood guys, I think, uh, on tour. Yeah. He, he has a hard edge on him. That, that edge is really dull now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's like, Tiger. Lot, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that's the best example of all. Yeah. Uh, VJ has an infectious laugh. You'll love to hear him laugh. You can hear mm-hmm. him from the other side of the range. He and Kenny, <laughs> he and Kenny Perry, when they'd laugh on the range, it doesn't matter where you are from 150 yards, you can hear him laugh. It's really, it's hilarious. And, uh, I really, last week, BJ got mad at me because, Ooh. uh, I was on a range and we we're hitting balls. He always takes the left side. I went down there and I'm hitting next to him and I'm just talking up a storm. I'm just, and he goes, <laughs> Fred, I've told you this before. And we've been through this before. I went, I know what you're saying. BJ he says, would you just let me finish? I said, I said, okay, okay. Just shut up a minute. He said, would you just shut up when I'm trying, I'm trying to get ready to go out and play. Maybe you don't need to practice and work on things, but I got to, I'm trying to figure this out. I went, I got it, BJ, no problem. So I didn't, I didn't say a word the rest of the day. I just let him go. I didn't even say good play or anything. And we did that. We had that happen years ago. I was on a range. Actually, it was in Canada and I was talking up the storm. He's, and he just cussed me out. He said, would you shut the mm, up? <laughs> And I went, okay. So I, I, I'm more of a social guy on the range when I'm nowadays. And I was, I, was, I get in my moments, but yes, yes. I got to go by myself. So uh, one day you're talking about uh, routine and practice and uh-huh. different things he does. And, and a lot of it's about range of motion with him and flexibility and keeping that, that long swing. He's on a range of TPC. He's got one of those T-ball stands where you put a baseball on it, yes. but he has a good, but he has a golf ball on it. And he has a two by four that's two by uh, two by four, probably eight foot long over his shoulders. Okay. And he's turning and then he's hitting that thing off the tee. And you just hear this pink, pink for three hours. <laughs> what? Three hours. He was there doing this pink. And I go, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm just working on my turn, trying to get more flexible. Yeah. And he just never stops. Yeah. And then one day he was in a bunker, the, the practice bunker. He brought a rubber mat in to put it in the sand so he didn't have to keep digging in right? and raking. So he was in that, fair, in that practice bunker hitting three irons out when I warmed up to go play TPC for fun, just a fun day. And I turn on nine, nine green is right next to where that bunker was. And I look over and he's still in that bunker. And I went over, I says, you've been there for two hours? He goes, yeah. How do you do that? He goes, I don't know. I just do. <laughs> so yeah, his work ethic is, you know, it's funny that the guys on the champions tour that worked hard, like Tom kite mm-hmm. and, and different guys that, that had their personalities on the tour is still the same. Really? If they're physically capable of staying on the range all day long that mm-hmm. they used to stay on, they still do. Right. Yeah. And, and they're filming everything. Tom Pernice is a workhorse right now. Larry Mize. Really? It's been more time on a, and he's never been a guy that's just Don, a dark guy. Right. And for the last two years, he's been a Don, a dark guy. Wow. I'm not kidding. That's he, surprising. That's really it's surprising. really surprising. And he's, you know, he had that beautiful golf swing of his, but he's, and a beautiful putting stroke, but yes. his chipping is so pretty. He's, I think one of the most beautiful chippers of the ball pitching and chipping. It's beautiful. 
do you, go, do you do you do you uh ask them do you ask your fellow yeah. pros yeah yeah i've asked larry before and i'm gonna go ask him again <laughs> this today <laughs> uh i got paired with him the, the third saturday right. round yeah and and uh he shot 65 he was six under no 67 five under he three putted eight from 30 feet he left it short and missed and so he had a six under and a little upset and then he had a really hard up and down short side of 10 on 18 and i was on a similar spot and he hit this beautiful chip up to a gimme and i went god that was really good and i'm thinking god i actually had a harder chip and i go now how did he do that right and i'm thinking and it literally I hadn't hit mine yet and i said all right i'm gonna try to do what he just did right which is a little different than my technique mm -hmm. and also was playing with a lozable so oh, wow. jose so okay. I got two of the best chippers in the game. I'm watching yeah. all day long. Yeah. And I knocked up there about three feet was a great, well, four or five feet. And I made the putt, but it was a great chip because I had nothing to work with. Right. And, right. and, uh, it, yeah, watching those guys, you definitely want to take, take advantage of that. And, sure. and they're the kind of guys they'll spend all day with you and teach you. That's amazing. Or show you, they'll show you, they won't right. teach you. Right. Yeah. Uh, us amateurs, like I watch a lot of golf and I picked up, when, when Jordan Spieth uh, won a few weeks ago, um, he hit some shots from, from 70, 50, 40 in to, and I thought, and I just watched the motion and I literally, this is what I did. This is how golf nerdy I am. I, I had it recorded. I watched it in the mirror so that it was left-handed and I watched his motion. And I thought to myself, this makes so much sense. I'm a pretty good uh chipper of the ball and, and pitcher but i go a whole lot by feel and mm -hmm. his his he's got some some technique uh aspects to it so i'm like let me see what that feels like and i hit a few that were just crisp and i'm like holy moly so i brought that on the course the next couple of days and i was hitting shots i'm just like and then my guys are like well, how are you stopping that ball i go I, I i'm not gonna give away the secret i'm like uh you know just working on it i'm not gonna tell him go watch Jordan Smith. Um, but that's, you know, that's the golf nerd in me is watching. And I'd, you know, I'd love, well, to. you know what, you know what the secret is, is contact contact. And, and, and it's more important in the short game than even the long game, because if you're hitting, you're hitting a quarter inch fat in grainy Bermuda, mm -hmm. it's just going to go three inches in front of you. And if you're hitting a little thin, obviously you're in trouble. So it's all right. about contact and everybody thinks of contact with, you know, I have a saying, I said, you can't work on your game until you have contact. Mm. You can't work on ball control. You can't work on distance. You can't work on flight uh, trajectory until you have contact. Right. It's just a, a useless effort to go out there and try to do something when you can't hit the ball first. Mm -hmm. and, in, and, and in chipping, it's all about, you know, people say, well, how do you spin it when you get one of those that checks up? I said, well, you know, I, I do it when I hit it really solid. Right. And I have the angle attack, right. And everything's good. I'm importing a lot of spin on the ball on it. Right. And that's what works. So that it, even down to the putter, if you're swiping at a putter mm -hmm. and you're glancing it, that doesn't work putting either, even though right. the ball eventually rolls straight, but it's coming off a little bit crooked. Right. And uh, so, but it's context. So you found something in your, in that effort while you're watching those guys was ball position your body position and it allows you to get that ball, that contact solid. Absolutely. And then that gives you all the confidence in the world. When you're not hitting the chip solid, you're scared to death. You're scared to death. 
Scared you have no idea what where it's going, how far it's going to go. You're just like, what yep. am I doing? Yeah. 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 Even yeah. the best in the game. And that's where the chip yips come from. You don't certainly don't want the chip yips. And I got a little bit of that. I don't have much of that. But every now and then, I you know, I have one where my hands just kind of went, <laughs> went what the hell was that? <laughs> and it did. Last week, I had a pretty easy bump and run. And, and I just had my image where I was going to hit it and mm-hmm. land it and let it roll out. And I got just as I started down, my hands went, try to help. And I went, right. Mm, what the hell was that? The ball went 30 feet by the hole. I, uh, amateurs, us amateurs, a lot of them, uh, one, they decel, uh, on chips. Yep. Um, and two, it's a lot of hands. And I have learned over the years, uh, one of our pros, former pros at Manor, Tim Rudo, I would go to him right before a big golf trip where there was a lot of money being played for. And I would say, all right, I'd say, uh, I need some help. You want to go to the range? No, I want to go to the short game area. Uh, and then the putting green, I need yep. to, to, to solidify. That's that. where I'm going today. Right. <laughs> and for nice. him, he said, he'd see me chip and go, well, what are you doing? What is that? I go, what do you mean? What is that? I said, I made good contact. What what, 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 that was all hands. He goes, dude, chest, shoulders, use yep. that. And yep. all of a sudden, and then we go to the putting green. He goes, same premise for you, dude. Stop with the hands. He goes, I want you to lead with your, for me, being left-handed. He goes, right shoulder first. That's the first thing yeah. I want you that thing. And I'm like, all of a sudden, Shangri-La, blah, And it's, you know, it's obviously helped. Um, all right, final moments here. And I got to, I want some advice. So I told you, I think, maybe not on the podcast, but I caddied for one of our assistant pros at Manor, Alex Hoffman, at the U.S. Open Qualifier at Northwest in Silver Spring. And he went out, never seen the course. I had gone out and mapped it, and he shot uh, three under 69 and advanced to the sectional at Woodmont, which will take place on June 7th. And that'll be 36 holes. Um, uh, and obviously Both courses? Huh? No, Both just, courses? The no- just the just north. Just the north? Okay. Just the north, yep. which was redone. I haven't quite seen the redo yet, but we're, we're planning on going out. I wasn't sure I was going to be his caddy because, you know, young guy, has some buds. I said, you know, mm-hmm. do whatever you want. I'm, your comfort is the most important thing. And he said, actually, we made a pretty good pairing. Will you do it? I said, absolutely. Now, I might drop dead on the course, 36 holes walking. It's possible. <laughs> uh, I did carry the bag, and I was my feet were on fire after 18 at Northwest. But I'm going to work out for the next couple of weeks. And maybe I'll take a pull cart for the, next, for the last 18. I'm not sure. Anyway, the, the advice that I'm seeking is for one Alex Hoffman. You've been through this. Um, he's, you know, he's a club pro, uh, but has the game that many of us feel he could go out and play Monday qualifiers and, and probably could certainly c- compete on the corn Ferry tour if he wanted and, and move on. He's got that kind of game. Um, so he's got 36 holes at Woodmont with obviously the carrot being, uh, Torrey Pines, the U S open. Uh, what piece of advice would you give uh, a guy who has the skills and is on the precipice of something special. I think uh, I love Woodmont for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've been through a ton of those qualifiers and got right. through quite a few, but I love everything about Woodmont. Um, the golf course is great. It's right in front of you. So there's no gimmicks there. Right. Uh, a couple of greens. You got to be careful where you got to want to stay below the hole. If you can on a certain holes, but 36 holes, I liked a lot more than 18. Really? Because you have time to recover from a bad start or a bad stretch. You have an opportunity to get on a run. 
And if you can get to five, six, seven, eight under in two rounds, you're going to make it. It depends how the conditions are, but you're going to make it. So it's more of a pacing and not be in a hurry. It's not like that 18 hole shootout where you got to go good. You got to go low. You know, you just don't want to make a bogey early because you're behind eight ball. Uh, you can go out there and a guy like what it sounds like his game is let mm -hmm. the game come to you that day, get into the groove 36 holes, is a long day and just take your time, get out there and just start slow, walk slow, mm -hmm. um, set up. And all you're trying to do is just set up opportunities. You set up 25, 20 opportunities for birdie. You're going to make your share of them and you're in. And, and that's all. You don't have to make birdies every hole. Right. Like you're thinking with the 18 hole. So it's just let the game go out and say, man, this is going to be a fun day. It's an all day of golf. It's on a course you're going to really like and just enjoy the company, enjoy the walk and really have a good time with it. Uh, I love the 36 hole qualifiers. I, I relish those because I, I just felt the cream would come to the top the more you play. The, the better players are going to win in 36 holes than they do in 18 mm -hmm. um, and position themselves. Same thing with a 54 hole versus 72 hole turn. The cream, you get separation, the more holes you go. Right. And if the guy's on his game with that kind of talent, he's going to separate himself from the field. And so, as his caddy, what should I be doing? Same exact thing. Yeah. You're telling him all that. You go tell him, say, 36 hole, let's go have fun. Let the game come to you. And there's certain holes that are, it's like that uh, 12th hole, that par four by the road, mm -hmm. super tough. I mean, for the long guys, it's not, but it's still tight. Right. But they can get it past the corner. I had to get it, you know, nowadays get it to the corner so I can get up to the green. But there's certain holes that are like a red light hole. You just, just do get out of there with a par. If you make birdie, great, but just right. don't do any, any bodily harm on, <laughs> on those kind of holes. Uh, but it's, it's a, That'll be a fun day, I think. And, and just let that talent shine through um, in a 36-hole fun day. I bet he goes out there, and if he had that kind of attitude and he has that kind of talent, he won't even have an issue. How about your talent? You got the Mitsubishi Electric Classic TPC Sugarloaf this week in Duluth, Georgia. You were frustrated last week. What are your, You're getting ready to go to the range and work on stuff. What's your mindset going into this one? Well... Uh, every week's different with my body. I just had an epidural on Monday in my back. So I'm, that's feeling better right now, but it's my neck. I don't know where my neck problem came from that been fighting for a few weeks, but last week it was pretty bad on Sunday. And, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't know. Uh, it's funny because we go to Houston and the Monday before the tournament started, the course was firm and fast. And then we got that, we got four or five inches of rain there. Right. We go to Birmingham. It was absolutely perfect on Monday, really firm, really fast. Perfect for me. Seven inches of rain. And we played the first two rounds with ball in hand. And then it dried out a lot over the weekend. It was amazing how dry it was. And now we got another storm. We got a high of 60 tomorrow and the next day. And rain coming this week on a course that's a monster for me, even from the tees we play. Uh, it's, you know, it's 7,200, 7,100. And uh, if it's running, I can kind of do okay. But my little – Pea shooter is not working so good anymore. <laughs> so, so I bought the whole yeah. different thing. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I look, I still really enjoy it. I love, um, I've actually had a, I've been much more of a cheerleader than a competitor here the last 
few months. Mm-hmm. I think I've really kind of, I've always been a talker and enjoy, and I've always been a, a cheerleader for the guys, but now it's to the point where I'm really kind of being funny about it. So you realize how good you are right. or that was absolutely, that's like the, as good a drive as you could hit. So, <laughs> and, and, you know, so I'm always saying stuff like, I said, you don't need track man to tell you that ball was good. That that's as good as it gets right there. You know? And I played with Steve flesh last week. And when he's on his game, his ball striking is so pretty. Yeah. And, and I just, wow, it's so fun to watch him. He's lefty. Beautiful to yeah, watch. Absolutely. Lefties. Believe me. And, I know all the lefties. Uh, yep. And uh, fantastic. And then I had Gene Sowers, one of my best all time buddies and, and he's a great ball striker too. So I was cheerleading them. They're out drive me by. I had a couple of them that I got somewhat close to them. And then other ones are out drive me by 50 yards mm-hmm. and, and they're not even the long guys out there. There's a lot longer guys. So, so I, I, I checked my ego at the front gate and I'm just trying to do the best I can. And when I feel good, I still feel like I can go. So hopefully I can get a, get a good week of health and go out, go out there and have fun. All right, man. Well, good luck this week. Um, we will keep tabs on you. Um, you mentioned being a cheerleader. I just finished. I got, I got, I went down the wormhole last night on golf channel cause they had the 2008 us open with Rocco and tiger. And oh I'm, boy, that right? was amazing. So I'm just, and it's behind the scenes stuff. And I'm, but I'm laughing because Rocco, uh, another guy would be a great guest. He came on in 2008 on our show at congressional weeks after the open, um, yep. and talked about it. Um, but he was just so, you know, talk about two different guys. I mean, Rocco yeah. was, you know, laughing and on the, you know, even in the playoff, you know, walk off the first tee, he's, you know, talking yeah. up Tiger and you can see Tiger had that, that grin, but it was like, okay, let's move on now, please. Um, <laughs> you know, that's what he was doing. Right. Um, yeah. but it's impossible because it's infectious. So uh, I know the game sometimes is frustrating, but you're good for the game. Uh, and that's, yeah. that's, you know, that's the good part. And, and, Fans love watching you play and love watching uh, the camaraderie on on all the tours. So um, good luck this week uh, in Duluth. um, And we'll check back in. I will uh, make sure that Alex Hoffman listens to this podcast to get the correct advice for the qualifier, which is next month. We got we got about three and a half weeks to go. I'll think more about it than he will, because now that I'm chatting, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to go out there and sneak out, do everything I can to. To, yeah. to see the course uh in the redo and get all the all the lines and stuff but um it should be interesting i'm excited for him um you know that would be you know that's that's one of those things where a guy who works in a pro shop you know 24 7 all of a sudden he could be ending up playing in tory pines and the us open and that's the dream for any any golfers to play for you well you could be chatting at tory pines i won't assume that either but that would be phenomenal as well for that sure. would be i would take you <laughs> I'll hopefully Alex, you listen to this. Alex, you listen to good. If you got through both qualifiers with this with you, yeah, you're going to the open. You're okay. going to the open. All right. <laughs> uh, on that note, that's Fred Funk, the Hawk. I'm Chick Hernandez, and thank you for listening to Terps on the Peak. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.